Welcome to the Future Female Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Harrop, and it's my mission to help create more female leaders in the workplace. In today's guest episode with Shannon Bryant, we talk about communication in the workplace and how to best communicate with your leaders and team members. This is one you're not going to want to miss. But real quick, if you haven't booked your leadership assessment call, there are time slots available on my calendar. I would love to talk with you about what the future looks like for you. Maybe leadership isn't exactly where you're looking to grow, but you'd like some guidance regardless. That's what I'm here for. I want to be supportive to you in your growth. And if that helps you with a little bit of boost of confidence, knowing that you're heading in the right direction, I am more than happy to be that cheerleader rooting you on for your success. The link is in the show notes to book your complimentary 30-minute session. Today is a guest episode where I have Shannon Bryant, who is a corporate trainer and had so many great ideas and suggestions around topics that I love talking about, and one that I thought would really resonate with each of you is around communication. Communication is in everything that we do. If we aren't good communicators, if we don't share in a way that resonates with others what we're looking for, how can we make progress in our career? In this episode, We talk about different ways to advocate what you're looking for through email conversations, how to communicate efficiently or be able to share your voice in team meetings, what happens when someone interrupts you, and also how to gain buy-in through your communication as well. So let's jump into today's episode. We have Shannon Bryant. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Thank you, Nicole. Happy to be here. Yes, I am looking forward to our topic today. I usually start episodes when I have a guest of talking about how I got connected with my guests because I'm a really big advocate on networking. I used to do podcast coaching and I met Shannon through that and felt like we instantly connected. I love what she does. She has a podcast called Jealousy Junkie. So for all of you tuning in, not only are you going to get some amazing content around communication and how to be a better communicator, but if you want some amazing bonus content on everything relationships, you'll want to head over to Shannon's podcast. Thank you, Nicole. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was so good to get to know you in that realm of of podcast coaching. Agreed. I am so grateful our paths crossed. Well, I'd love for you to introduce yourself, sharing anything professional, personal that you want to share with listeners. Thank you. Yeah, my name is Shannon Bryant. And as you mentioned, I host the Jealousy Junkie podcast where I support women who are just feeling insecure in their relationships and they have that tinge of jealousy that they'd like to get over and and recover from. So I help them with that. I also am a corporate trainer. So I train on leadership development skills and part of what we're talking about today, communication. So whether it's in your relationship, your romantic relationships, your personal friendships, or at work, communication is 
as they say, key. So absolutely. It's so funny because I feel like my communication is frequently uh, commented or like complimented in the workplace and different working relationships that I have. But in my personal relationship, like with my husband, he's like, you didn't tell me that or like, you forgot to send me that text. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that was all my head. How do I, it's so funny how there's like a difference when you think of how you show up in the workplace versus how you show up in those personal relationships. So I think it's amazing that you have that different approach through your podcast as well. So we'll be sure to plug that at the end and allow people to go check that out as well. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, in regards to talking about improving communication overall in the workplace, I wondered what's your approach for communication for someone to get the information that they need? Mm. Yeah, this is a good one because what we tend to do, so if I have questions for maybe someone on my team or maybe I'm working on a project team and I have questions for someone in another department, what we tend to do is we write out our email, we ask our questions kind of in within the paragraphs of the email, right? And those questions then get lost when you do it that way. And as simple as it sounds, what the best approach is really thinking from the other side and and having the person who you need the information from, having them in your mind, what's going to make it easiest for them? And typically the easiest, there's a couple different ways you can do it, whether you put your questions just in bullet points. So you may just do one line of a quick introduction. I've got some questions for you, whatever it's pertaining to and then list your questions out separately in bullet points, but then give them the instruction to say, hey, feel free to respond to each question in red next to, you know, next to each line. And you're giving them the instruction and almost the okay to where, okay, I don't have to type out an entire paragraph back to somebody. The other reason that that's really helpful to do it that way is we often miss things. So if we're asking three or four questions, we're all guilty of scanning emails. (laughs) Like what's the most important thing? What do I need out of this? So of course we're going to scan our emails. If you have three or four questions or, or information that you need from someone, they are most likely going to miss it if they are then responding in a paragraph form. So Mm -hmm. Even if you put it out in bullets for them to understand these are the four questions that I have to answer, if we don't remind them of, hey, really quick, easy way you can do it is just right next to, you know, type your answer next to it. That gives them the reminder of, hey, don't type it out in a paragraph either because you'll probably still forget. So we might miss one or two things. Another really good way to kind of communicate or get the information that you need, especially if it's something a little bit more complex or there's more information, do a table for them. And I know it seems funny to go, Uh, hey, you need to do the extra work to get the information from them. But again, if you are trying to move into that leadership role, you want to make it easy for people to work with you and go, oh my gosh, it's so easy to communicate with Nicole. She's so concise. She's this, that. Those are the kinds of comments that you want other people to say about you if you're trying to move into leadership role. So if it's something that has a lot of information or you need to share a lot of information and you need information back, the another way to do it 
as I mentioned, put in a table and then the very last column, put in a column for them, put at the top, you know, Nicole's recommendations. If you're wanting them to respond back their recommendations or give approval, put in there what you want. Is it a yes, no? Mm -hmm. Is it information? So you can create that other column and just leave it for them and make it super simple because then all they have to do is go to each column and type in their information and shoot it right back to you. It keeps things super clean. And then you're not having to do that back and forth that we see a lot of times where there's nine emails back and forth just to figure out, you know, one plan or one approach to something or, or questions being answered. So those are two really good ways to, if you want to get some information from someone and the best way to communicate it to get it from them. Yeah, I love that because number one, when you are mentioning the, hey, it's helpful for me if you respond to these questions in red, you're giving people instructions on how to best work with you. And whenever we tell people what we need, oftentimes as women, we think, hey, if you want to write back in red, that'd be great, but no worries if not, or if not, that's okay, right? We always are like, we tend to add that caveat that if this is too much of an inconvenience for you, or if I'm asking too much, don't do it. But I love what you're saying is communicating what you need and trying it out with your leader, especially if you have a good relationship with your leader and you're saying, hey, this is how I can consume your responses most quickly or best or whatever that is, if you're telling people, hey, you'll make my life easier in your response if you do this, that, or another thing, and it's not asking for a lot, then do that. Ask for what you need. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said about making it easy when you yeah. reference that table view of saying, here's the questions I have, here are some possible solutions or what I recommend as next steps. And I'd love to get your go ahead or your suggestions for adjustments as we go forward to, again, move things along faster, make it easier. And then I'd even add a step is as you're trying these things out, ask for feedback. Hey, how have you liked it when I've put my questions in this table format? Or do you feel like our communication has gotten better via email now that we respond with different colored text in responding to questions? You know, get that touch base, see if it's working because different things will work for different people. But when you're getting that feedback, it's almost reminding them psychologically, right? That yes, this is good. Yes, I see their efforts. Mm -hmm. And then it helps them to remember that as going forward when maybe there's another project where they're saying we need someone who's really detail oriented. They're going to say, oh my gosh, Shannon is like, if you want someone who's a good communicator and detail oriented, even the simplest thing as far as how we frame our questions and our emails, like now I've started doing that with my other team members and it's making my life easier. Yes. Yes. And I, and that's sort of the whole goal. We think of if I go into it saying, how can I make this easy for my team members? Or how can I make this easy for my peers or my supervisor? Ultimately, it's going to make it easier for you as well. And so just keeping that in mind and yes, how, you know, checking with them, is this way of communicating working? Is this making it easier for us to get through this project? So, yep. 
Absolutely. And I think something for people to do as like a self-check maybe is thinking about some emails that you're sending to your leaders and asking yourself, am I getting my questions answered? And if not, like Shannon says, if if they're just responding to your last question or maybe the most pressing question, then it's probably time to utilize a different method to see how you don't have to go back and forth. Because again, I feel like leaning more towards the feminine side, if we have to ask again for something we feel like we clearly communicated, maybe that makes us feel some certain type of way. So again, it's it's never you. It's always a, a way of adjusting how we're working to make it better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, what would you say if maybe in this situation, the boss isn't a very good communicator? What steps would you recommend one of these entry-level team members to approach that conversation to say, I'm not really getting what I need? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that can be pretty intimidating if you're in an entry-level position or you're, maybe you're a brand new to the company and you realize pretty quickly, okay, I may have someone who is in a leadership role that may not be a great leader or have great leadership skills yet, right? We mm-hmm. we definitely experience that because people, you know, sometimes we're, are, we're promoted without having those leadership skills. So you certainly can get in a situation where you don't feel like your supervisor is a good communicator. And I will say one, the longer you let that go, the harder it's going to be, mm-hmm. the more frustrated you're going to be. And then you take the risk of jeopardizing that relationship because when you're not communicating, one, either they're going to think you aren't up to the challenge and you're not able to complete the task on your on your own. Maybe they'll look at it like, oh, they're not doing very well in their position, especially if you're new and you haven't shown that yet. So you want to hit it from the very beginning. If you notice that, I mean, every time they give me something to do. They're giving me half the instructions or they're not really being very clear on what they want, when they want it. And so the best thing one is to just have those things that you know you will always need. So first make a quick list. You always want to know like, when is this due by? What is the expectation in terms of due date? Because Mm -hmm. they may know that they want it, you know, in a week from now and they feel like they communicated that but you may not have received that information or they may not have communicated it well. Or you could have other tasks like bringing it to their attention. Hey, I have four other things that I have to get done that you've given me. Just want to remind you of that. So definitely asking, you know, when do you need this back by? And then if you think through what are the questions or things that you know you always need? Like, Do I need to copy certain people on this response? Who needs to be involved? So maybe it's a project that you're working on asking those questions if you know that most of the things are going to require other involvement. So just having those already at the forefront Mm -hmm. that you can ask with your supervisor. And then, uh, and it's kind of a side note, but I always tell, especially females, Set up one-on-ones with your supervisor yourself. Like if they aren't scheduling them, do it yourself and go, hey, I put some time. I just want to put some time for the two of us on our calendar every week. That helps me to just keep you 
up to date on what I have going on and make sure that I have all the information from you. So that is a great opportunity then to take, hey, I want to make sure that I'm doing a great job and that I understand what your expectations are. So can we go through these? And mm -hmm. if there's a project, here are the things that I would make it really easy for me because I don't want to have to keep coming back to you. So if we you know, flip it to say, I don't want to have to keep coming. I know that you're busy. I don't want to have to keep coming and asking you questions. Mm -hmm. That's just a really good lead in to talk about how we can communicate better and the things that you need that maybe you're not getting. I also like the thought of, again, going back to recognizing that everyone learns differently. So if your boss isn't communicating very well via email, for example, maybe that is saying, hey, do you have 10 minutes to hop on a video chat so that I can talk through things yeah. and clarify? For me, I'm a very visual learner. So I like to see things walked through or screenshots or, you know, maybe I'm asking my leader, hey, do you mind doing a video walkthrough the next time you go to do this thing? So I'm not trying to inconvenience them by saying, hey, do this right now if possible. But I'm saying, hey, the next time you go to do that thing, do you mind doing a screen capture, a recording of you walking through that so that when I do that going forward, I can easily have that up on my same screen and making sure that I don't miss any steps, you know, proactively communicating the type of learner that you are, because our leaders, typically good leaders want to help us be successful in whatever realm that is, they are willing to be a little bit more flexible to say, okay, Shannon can easily get an email with step-by-step -step instructions and execute. Amazing. Nicole prefers a video walkthrough. So I'm going to walk through that really quickly and whatever way that your team members want to learn, hopefully, right. Those leaders are able and willing to accommodate that because I know when me, I'm on the other side, being the manager, there have been so many times where Again, in my head, everything is a crystal clear picture yeah. uh, from start right. to finish, right? If we're talking about an actual puzzle, I see the full finished puzzle and then I'm giving them a box of missing pieces and I don't even give them the front cover so they don't know what we're working towards altogether. But I feel in my perception that because I know I've seen the full big picture that they should automatically know what to do. And so it does get a little bit uncomfortable. And again, where I feel like women sometimes struggle a little bit thinking, mm -hmm. I'm just going to try to figure it out on my own. Or maybe they reflect and say, oh, I just, maybe I'm not cut out for this job. I've had that thought myself, even in management positions, because there have been things that took me longer to learn than other people, or I was still confused about a certain process even after six months of working somewhere I was like yep still completely lost even with these walkthroughs <laughs> like how else can we try to get this to to, to land with me right so it's mm -hmm. all about that communication piece that this all goes back to yeah definitely and I like that you brought up like thinking through different ways of communication and another piece if your company offers the you know any type of assessments where you can figure out how does this person learn? How do they think? How do they operate? 
How do they operate under stress? Because we know things can get stressful, are probably stressful most days. Yeah. And especially for our supervisor, if they, you know, are dealing with several different people or maybe they have a big team, it's important to know those things and understand it will just help the team grow stronger and help your relationship with your supervisor if they understand how you're operating and you understand how they operate and how people learn. So yes, very important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's shift over to the idea of meetings, both virtual and Mm -hmm. in person. I'd love to hear your thoughts on people interrupt other people. What are your thoughts on how to approach that? Oh, yes. Interruptions. And I wish I, I, Wish I had the statistics, but there was a, a really great article that I read several months ago that talked about how often women get interrupted in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And yes, we get interrupted way more often <laughs> than men do. But it gave some really good ways that you can kind of cut that off at the past. So just very politely. And I think it's really hard for women to do it, to feel like I need to kind of stand up for myself here, but not in a combative way. And it's just like, you know, a couple of things to say, you know what, I really want to hear your feedback. I have just another point to make, and then I'd love to hear your feedback. Mm -hmm. So when you get that interruption, because we don't have to get upset about it, we don't have to take it personally. So just kind of thinking, I want to make sure that the other person feels like their opinion or their comment is valid as well. But still kind of, I want to make sure that I'm getting my point across and then we can go to you. So just a couple of different ways to do that in terms of, you know, just saying, love to hear your feedback. I have just a couple more points to make and then we can move on to yours or you may say, you know what, we're going to, as soon as I'm finished up, we're going to, I'm going to open it up and we'll be able to hear everyone, everyone else's feedback. That's just another way. But so there are a lot of polite ways to say it, but what I would recommend is kind of have those in your back pocket where you know that I know this is a sentence I can say, or this is a phrase that I can say when I'm in that moment. Because again, I feel like we kind of tense up and sometimes it puts us on our heels of feeling like, okay, maybe I don't deserve to sit at this seat or I don't deserve or what I have to say is not as important. So having that kind of in your pocket to be able to say, and with anything, practice saying it so we don't come off making it a bigger deal than what it needs to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I love that thought of practicing. It seems so like weird to do, like how would I react, right? If someone interrupted me, but practicing saying that out loud so you do feel more comfortable, it makes it so much easier in the moment. I have done that several times myself, talked through like, what if X, Y, or Z thing happens? Because maybe I start to get a little bit anxious when thinking about speaking up in a meeting. And, you know, if I can answer all of the things that I'm worried about, right? If I'm like, well, what if so-and-so interrupts me? What if this happens? I'm going to answer all those questions that are stressing me out a little bit. And then I can enter that meeting feeling calm and willing to raise my hand. Because I think that sometimes what keeps people from speaking up is the worry of other people who may have stronger opinions or louder voices to 
speak over us. So I think it's helpful to be, be the person who's willing to share the voice that you have because everyone has their opinions and we want to make sure that women have those voices in those meetings as well. One thing that I've done, especially in like virtual meetings, if someone starts speaking over me because it can get, you know, if they thought I was done and with some delays, I think sometimes virtual meetings can be so difficult. Sometimes what I'll do, whether in person or virtual still could work, I will like put my finger up, like, hang on just a second, like one finger up. So that way visually everyone can see, hopefully my leader at that point could see, oh, it looks like Nicole wasn't done speaking let's hang on, you know, other person, let's let Nicole finish. Or sometimes if I'm in a physical room with people, I will start to like physically like reach my arm out to the other person who starts speaking. So whatever direction they're sitting in and, you know, maybe we're sitting at a large table, so I'm not physically going to be touching them, but I might be like reaching out. And then that kind of gives people the pause because they're like, wait, what's happening? And then I say, Hey, you know what? I, I wasn't done speaking yet. Do you mind if I finish what I was saying? And like you said, leaning into that, I would love to hear what you have to say as well. I want to make sure I finish my train of thought. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I love it. And we have to keep in mind too, most of the time they're not interrupting because they're rude. I mean, we've all been in meetings where we have the maybe one or two particular people that are Mm -hmm. notorious for interrupting But we have to remember, it's usually just because they're already thinking of their response. They want to make sure that they get their thought across. And so it isn't necessarily, um, you know, male versus female or even, you know, in a negative way. It's just they want to make sure that they're getting their point across, too. So I do love, especially in the, the virtual world where you're kind of letting someone know by putting your finger up, like I'm almost done, but I just have one more point or Mm -hmm. one more thing that I want to get across because it does make it easier. And that just triggers everyone. It's like the universal sign for hang on. You know, we know that that means hang on a second. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to say real quick, I'm sorry, Nicole, on the other end, just thinking about interruptions, like I just (laughs) did. No, you're perfect. (laughs) But you can see that happened where to avoid being the person that interrupts, I think it's really important to remember that most of the time we think that, oh, I have this thing that I want to say and I want to make sure that I say it, let it go. Because if it's truly important, it it will most likely come back to you. It may not come back right in the meeting. A lot of times it does. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, what we have to say isn't probably going to change the outcome of the conversation. So a lot of times it's just we're kind of adding maybe a little bit more information, but we just kind of want to get our point across or want someone to know that we know the information. So Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to just remember to let it go. And if it's important, it'll come back to you. Absolutely. I'm big on like taking notes during meetings. So then I let people talk. And then if we're at the point where they're like, okay, we're moving on to the next topic. Does anyone have questions before we do that? If no one else brought up my thought or concern, then that might be a point where I do that. I also Mm -hmm. think it's great to follow up with your leader. Sometimes, you know, if you have a male boss, for example, who hasn't worked with maybe a lot of women, some of these male dominated environments, 
sometimes that takes us women to go to our leader and say, hey, I noticed, you know, a few times, maybe it doesn't even happen to you. Maybe it's happening to other people. And you're saying, hey, do you see this happening? And maybe they do, maybe they don't. And if they don't, it gives them the opportunity and invitation to be more mindful in future meetings. And you can say, hey, you know, I want to make sure that all voices get heard in meetings. Do you feel the same way? They'll probably say, of course. Okay, well, here's kind of what I'm observing. Do you feel that same way? And you're kind of, I always try to approach things with curiosity and trying to seek for understanding versus being like, hey, did you see that Joe cut off Jane like six times? Like, what are you going to do about that? Right. We're not going to get into that. I mean, I've been there myself when I was more immature in my career. I've definitely had those conversations. So now it's shifted as I've grown and learned how to better communicate. And if you have good relationships with your male peers, this is where it's great as that female advocate to say, Hey, Joe, do you have a minute to chat? I wanted to talk to you about um, the comments that you had in the meeting. I wondered if you were open to some feedback. Give him that opportunity to say, yeah, absolutely. What's up? And and they may dismiss you. I've had several men in my career and women, to be honest, who I've approached with some feedback to let them know, hey, you know, this is kind of what I noticed. Do you agree? And they brushed me off. But over time, I could see that they were working on it. So even though they weren't big fans of me calling them out, even as softly and kindly as I tried to do, I I recognized that they started making better improvements. So it's all figuring out how we can approach those, you know, conversations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, tell me about how great leaders communicate last and what someone in an entry-level role can do to emulate those same behaviors. Mm -hmm. There is, if you have a leader who maybe there's something on the table that needs to be decided or there needs to be a discussion, we want to make sure that everyone is heard and their ideas are heard. If you have the leader give their opinion first, it makes everyone else kind of go, oh, well, that wasn't my opinion, but now maybe my opinion has changed because I've heard them and they're the leader or, you know, well, now I don't want to give my feedback because Mm -hmm. it doesn't match theirs. It's not the same. So I highly recommend if you're a leader of any group and you are trying to get the opinions of other people, that you be the one that goes last to say, well, here's what I think. But plus, you have then that option of hearing whatever everyone else's input, their ideas, and it could change yours as a leader. Oh, I had not thought about that. Okay, that changes maybe the way I was, the direction I was thinking about this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we want to make sure that we're not influencing people's opinions and their recommendations in that way when we're leaders. So definitely I, I recommend leaders just wait till the end, wait till you hear everyone, take the information, and then you can certainly voice your opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I've been in different stages of my career where I was, you know, someone more dominant in meetings. Like I loved being right and having my boss tell me like, yes, I agree with Nicole. And if I was one of the first ones to speak, even if 
several different people had that same idea. Like I felt like I was getting that nod of approval from my leader because I spoke first. And when I mm-hmm. realized how I can be better seen as a leader is, right, how how do we, if anyone is tuning in and you're thinking about what leaders have I really loved working with and working for, it's probably not always the ones who have just told you what to do, right? And that's kind of how I see this is if I'm just answering and not letting you think and have your thoughts and really work through the full start to finish of any sort of a conversation or or a topic. And I'm just saying, hey, this is what I want you to do. You know, that can work in certain situations and maybe some it's it's vital. But what I started realizing was I liked when my leaders asked my thoughts and my opinions. And then we talked and had conversations. And then we worked together to get to an end result and get that buy-in and feeling like I had more freedom to try different things, I liked that much better. And so I thought, how can I do that? I don't always need to be the one who speaks first. I don't need to be the one who speaks the loudest or who is always right. When we think about the people who speak up the most in meetings, sometimes it's the people who we might not actually ever want to work for. So having that reflection as well in terms of how you want to be seen as a leader is important. And I didn't ask myself that question of like, who do I want to be? What kind of leader do I want to be for a long time in my career? And it's something I recommend to people to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that works well also just peer to peer, right? So if you and I and two other people are in a meeting and I sit back and I listen to what you have to say and the next person and the next person, one of you may have a similar idea as me. And as you said, you know, when, when maybe you're first starting out, you're like, oh, I wanted to be the one that had the idea that was a good idea. But really growing into that leadership role is about relationships and building those relationships. And I know that I'm going to be appreciated more if I say, you know what, Nicole, your idea was so good. That was such a good idea. And what if we add this? Mm-hmm. You are going to then feel that connection with me and look at me as someone like, oh my gosh, you know, it's just it's just favorable to you. Mm-hmm. And again, you want other people in your company, in your organization talking about you in those types of ways. They're such a good listener. You know, they they heard my opinion and it makes them like you. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, of course, you want that type of relationship. Absolutely. It reminds me when I started working for organizations who did allow and welcome differing opinions instead of that, like I said, simply having a leader tell you what to do, because we could all do that. But that doesn't necessarily allow for those, oh, I didn't think about that, or what could this look like? Mm-hmm. I think that allows for more buy-in as well, because if me and you are on opposite ends of things, I could say, Shannon, tell me more as to why is your opinion this, right? Tell me more mm-hmm. about it. And you might tell me so many more things that I had never even thought about, that that's helping me come more to this other side or bringing me more to this neutral middle. And as more organizations and individuals, I think 
we forget how much we can make a difference in where we are in our companies by having these conversations and getting curious. So often, right, we see on social media, people just have these varying opinions and they're not willing to even hear the other side. They'll, you know, block or mute or whatever, um, disregard these these conversations. But if you come from that place of curiosity and seeking for understanding, not only does that make you more empathetic, but it helps you to recognize where can we get on the same page here and both or all of us in that group agree on that one thing and move forward together, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this is such a good conversation, Shannon. I mean, we talked conversation and communication in different ways in the workplace. So I so appreciate you coming over here and giving us all of your knowledge. I'd love for you to let people know where they can find you to connect with you, maybe professionally, and then to find your podcast as well. Oh, absolutely. You can reach me on Instagram at Jealousy Junkie Coach. You can also go to the website at jealousyjunkie.com. So either of those two, you can reach me. Amazing. Well, thanks again for hanging out with us today. I so appreciate you being here. Thank you, Nicole. What a great episode with Shannon Bryant. I hope you'll tune in to her podcast, Jealousy Junkie. Again, today's conversation was focused around communication, how to improve that in your emails, in physical work meetings, how can you gain some of that buy-in from team members and leaders and other people in your organization. So much of communication that has worked for me is building relationships and finding out how to communicate with people based on how they want to be communicated with. Some people prefer email. Some people prefer something like Slack. Some people prefer a quick text. What is that for certain people in your workplace? Some things you'll automatically notice and other times you'll need to communicate with them to ask what that preference is. The better you get at communicating whatever topic it is that you're discussing in a way that is going to be best received by them, the quicker you grow in your career and into future leadership positions. It's an interesting transition when you are a team member communicating and then transitioning into being a leader who is communicating. So if that is your goal to grow into a leadership role, I encourage you to be a little bit more curious in how your leader communicates. Maybe this is in a maybe this is in a remote working environment, so you might not be able to see them communicate with people often. I feel like that's one thing I do miss about working in a physical location is you could get so much from body language alone and how people are mimicking each other's actions or body language. And now in a remote working environment, you might only have team meetings or smaller sessions where you're able to see how your leader interacts with other team members, direct reports, and pay attention. What things do you like that they do? What things would you do differently? 
Is there any feedback that might be helpful for them to know? And that's where that communication comes in in how you approach that conversation to help them be better and show up for you better in your career as well. I had so much fun talking with Shannon. I'd love to have her back. She does corporate training on so many different things. So I look forward to potentially having her again on another topic. All right, if you love these episodes and you feel like you get a lot out of them, you feel inspired to take action, that is the goal for my podcast. I don't want it to simply be consumed and binged, although I totally know how that goes. And hey, I appreciate you for being here and doing that. However, I encourage you to think about action when you're listening to these episodes. And if you're looking for an even better way to put all of this and what you're learning into action, I would invite you to join the Future Leaders Program. I get feedback within the first couple of sessions that people are saying that it is helping them gain clarity, gain confidence in feeling like they are ready and better prepared to move into that next level in their career and they know how to get there. They're finding out how to do that through my guided coaching and the video content that is included in the program. If you're interested in learning more, head over to hellogrovio, that's hello, G-R-O-W-V-I-O dot com slash details, and you can learn all about everything that we talk about in the Future Leaders Program. And I can't wait to see you in an upcoming cohort. All right, until next time, we'll see you later.